You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is uh, Wednesday, December 23rd. And I appreciate you joining me. Something a little bit different today. I want to share with you a conversation that I had with uh, some of the Locked On Big 12 hosts. This is a roundtable with Patrick Kahn from Locked On Horns, Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12, and at the end you hear from John Williams from Locked On Sooners. And I wanted to give you this episode before we went into the long holiday weekend. So here's about 20 minutes of that conversation. It's a good conversation. We talk all Big 12 team snubs. We break down some of the Big 12 bowl matchups, and we discuss who could unseat Oklahoma in the coming year. That's all coming up right now on Locked on Horn Frogs. All right, welcome to a special roundtable edition of the Locked on Longhorns, Locked on Horn Frogs, and uh, Locked on Big 12. So, fellas, let's start it off. Uh, we all watched the game on Saturday night. Uh, we saw Oklahoma win the Big 12 title for the sixth year in a row, fourth year in a row winning the actual championship game. What were you, uh, and we'll start with you, Josh, kind of your locked on Big 12 here. What was like your overall synopsis, your overall thoughts watching that game? Uh, it was close, like I thought it was going to be. Um, I didn't think the method by which we reached a close game would be, be how we did. But, you know, I, I liked everything about it. I liked the fact that, you know, Iowa State got punched in the mouth. And it felt like, you know, it was how oh, here comes OU, right? Rolling again, uh, inferior opponent. And that was not the case. Iowa State's defense deserves so much credit for that second half. They gave the offense chance after chance after chance after chance after chance to get them back in that football game and win the game. And credit to OU for getting out to you know an early lead and, and taking care of business on defense too. But the Iowa State defense would jumped out to me that allowed it to become a game. But the real stars of the game for me were the OU defense as a whole. Wire to wire, best unit on the field. I was super impressed with them. You know, it's funny, and uh, I'll ask you, Stephen, if you thought this way, toward, like late third quarter, fourth quarter, I don't think I can ever remember seeing a Lincoln-Riley offense so conservative where mm-hmm. he's running the ball on third and eight, third and nine, and just giving the ball right back to Iowa State. I mean, I, I understand that his defense was playing really well in that game. Uh, is that, is that kind of what you thought, too? Yeah, I thought he got super conservative. Um, and, and I'm curious to see. I don't know if that's a uh, like a, a new thing for him in championship games because as you're saying that, I remember last year, you know, in that Baylor game late, it felt like they got super conservative. And I know late in the year they were running the ball like crazy with Hurts and um, they weren't throwing as, as much with him. But this is now two seasons in a row where it felt like they had control of that championship game. And then sort of late, you're like, oh, the other team still has a shot here. So it's curious because, you know, when that Oklahoma offense is cooking and putting pressure on you, um, they're, they're really second to none. Now I give some credit to the Iowa State defense, but I definitely think they were sort of trying to just escape with a victory there, which is not typically their style. And, and it ran into some issues, but um, they were able to get it done. As Josh said, they held on and, you know, thanks to a, a really interesting decision there by Brock Purdy at the end, they get the pick and, and seal the victory. Yeah. Interesting decision because as soon as uh, 
he threw that, I, I knew it was going to end up bad. Just, it just, as soon as, you know, it's kind of like when you're actually throwing the football and you know, as soon as you let it go, you're like, oh no, that's, I was watching the game and that's what I was thinking uh, there. But obviously, so this is the fourth straight game, right? Where the fourth straight Big 12 championship game where Oklahoma wins. You know, it's been a different opponent every time, whether it was TCU, Texas, Baylor, now Iowa State. So my big question is to you guys, when are we going to see somebody else besides Oklahoma win that Big 12 championship? Well, I don't think they were like, it wasn't that far away from us having a, a different team this year, right? I mean, it was like, that's that's a horrible decision away from us being in a different spot. Right. And, you know, or at least close to a different spot. So this game felt different in the sense of, Iowa State totally belonged, and it felt like the, the kind of Cinderella Iowa State story might have been complete, <laughs> except for, you know, Brock Purdy just making an ex- inexcusable decision. We're all, you know, Patrick, your your thought was the same, of my, same as mine. I mean, he lets that ball go, and it's like, oh, God, that is not a good throw, and that's not going to end well. Um, but still, that game was competitive and fun in the end. Like, that was – say what you want about the college ball playoff and everything, but – that was a fun, competitive game. It's not going to be talked about. Oklahoma had a real challenge to their title. That was a real stressful, hard title defense where a great defense had to work very hard to make sure it didn't happen. Yeah, it's a good question, Patrick. I mean, part of me thinks like, okay, this OU team looks vulnerable and can Iowa State or um, Oklahoma State challenge them in the coming years? But I think with Rattler, they're only going to get better on offense. Maybe there's some dip on defense with some of the guys they're losing. But to me, Iowa State doesn't feel – and I might be totally wrong. I know Matt Campbell's a hell of a coach, but Iowa State doesn't feel like a group that's going to recruit at a level where they're going to be in the conference title mix year after year. So I think we could be looking at a couple more seasons of the same issue just because I feel like that offense in Norman's going to continue – to get better as Rattler develops under Lincoln Riley, which is something we haven't seen at the QB position since he's been sort of working transfers in and out the last couple of seasons. Also, I mean, next year is not the year it's going to happen because if OU gets right. a lot of these guys back, like it's, it's, it is not going to happen for anybody else. That's that team is actually, if, if they are able to return a decent amount of this year's team, that team next year is actually going to be the group that can legitimately say at the end of the season, we can beat someone else. Uh, we can beat a top team in a, in a playoff or at least have a shot because yeah. this defense is like good, good. It's not big 12. Good. It is good. Good. But you know, and it's, it's funny that you bring that up and you bring, so let, you know, you could run down the the list, right? Okay. Well, Iowa state they're they might have Brock Purdy back. We don't know. Uh, and then obviously you have Brees Hall, who I think is a true sophomore. So he has to return for at least one more year. Uh, so, you know, they have their top two weapons um, along with, you know, every tight end that they can put out on the field. Uh, Texas, Sam Ellinger is likely gone. Who's their quarterback? Uh, Jaquinta Jackson just transferred out. So now it's down to Casey Thompson, Hudson card. Uh, and who knows what's going to happen there with the head coach position. You know, I mean, there's still talk of Tom Herman potentially not being there. Oklahoma state likely losing Tylen Wallace. Chuba Hubbard is gone. Uh, what's that offense going to look like? next season with Spencer Sanders. I know they have talent around them, but those were their big guys. Uh, and then TCU, and, and Stephen would know this better than anybody, uh, TCU looks like 
like I feel like they're like that next team, but I don't know if I expect them to win seven, eight, nine games next season. So yeah, 2021 has sort of been the year that they've been building towards for a while. And I feel like they're they're definitely closing the season with some momentum, but there's still a lot of questions there. I mean, about halfway through the season, they just stopped throwing the football with Max Duggan, and they finally returned to that. But you look at that schedule, it got a lot more manageable down the stretch. I mean, they beat up on Tech, Kansas. Um, you know, they, they beat an Oklahoma State team that was missing some guys late in the season. So I feel like they'll be in the mix. But, I mean, I'm not going to put them as a favorite with OU and Texas and potentially, you know, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, depending on who they have coming back. But the roster – has, has definitely been shaping up for next season to be the year they're going to make the run. Um, I just still think they have a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball. Like, what's their identity? What do they want to do? And can they get the ball to their playmakers in space? Because that's been an issue that's plagued them now for the past couple of seasons. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, so before we jump into our next topic, I want your way too early Big 12 championship 2021 picks. We're going to go ahead and get those out of the way now. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. You don't think it's coming back yet. How am I <laughs> well, that's just... why it's way too early. All right, well, here, good, here, I can give you half of it. podcast content. I can give you half of it. Oklahoma. There you go. So I got, I'm, <laughs> Oklahoma. I'm 50% correct. So we've got that. And uh, let's see. I mean, I mean, we haven't, when was the last repeat challenger we had? Who, I mean, besides Oklahoma, is anybody, you know, the Oklahoma ever uh, went back to man, I don't know. Has has it happened since they went to this format? Because it was yeah, no, so, be, yeah. I mean, no. Like, it would have to be like, like previous. It'd be like in the early two yeah. thousands, right? I mean, we're talking. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, know. yeah. Who? Nebraska, maybe Colorado. What are those? Um, two? Kansas State. I don't know. Steven, you got somebody to challenge Oklahoma? Because I don't. Well, yeah, I didn't. Thanks, Patrick, for putting us on the spot like this. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I guess we're supposed to be podcast hosts or something. <laughs> Yeah. Where was you the know, rundown, I mean, like, Patrick? Like, te- Texas is the first one that comes to mind, but, like, I just don't trust Tom Herman. So, and right now he's the guy. Um, screw it. I'll say TCU. Yeah, why not? Uh, I'm the locked up. You'll homer it? Let's do it. Let's, Let's homer, homer it up. So, there's right. a situ- uh, that's, that's a good pick. I'm going to go with a situation where coach does not – coach who wants to move does not move, Neil Brown, and is so angry that he coaches his team to a Big 12 title so he can move. How about that? So West Virginia plays Oklahoma next year because Tom, because uh, Neil Brown wants out of Morgantown. <laughs> Morgantown, you'll hate it so much. Yeah, I'll coach him to it's ten to ten wins or nine wins, whatever. Because I, I I want out. Yeah. yeah, West Virginia. We know what the hell. Well, let's 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 do it. I mean, it's been a new opponent last five years, so four or five years. So let's go with that. We'll return to that roundtable conversation here in a moment, but first let's talk about Coors Light. Uh, holidays are coming up Thursday and Friday, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You're going to get a chance to relax and unwind. What beverage you're going to have in your hand, you should grab a cold Coors Light. It's the beer that's made to chill. It's cold lagered. It's cold brewed. Coors Light understands you don't get a lot of me time. You don't get a lot of uninterrupted time where you get to relax and reset. When I want to unwind, I grab a cold Coors Light. we got bowl games coming up all holiday weekend. 
uh, grab a cold Coors Light, give one to your friends, give one to your family, sit down and watch a game together. You can get it sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate with friends and family and celebrate that uninterrupted me time that you rarely get this holiday season with a cold, refreshing Coors Light. Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. want to also tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market. If uh, you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh man, I don't have a gift for that friend or family member for Christmas. I'm not sure if you'll get it by Christmas Day if you order now, but if you have a later Christmas with some extended family, why don't you gift somebody with uh, with a package of Built Bars? Built Bar comes in a lot of great flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter, German chocolate, and if you go to uh, BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 20% off your order, so save some money this holiday season by going to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked on and built bar is good for you. Only 180 calories, five grams of carbs, five grams of sugar. It's nutritious, it's good fuel for your body, and most importantly, it's delicious. So, it's a snack that you can eat, you can feel good about eating, and it tastes good. It's not chalky, uh, nasty health food that you're used to. Builtbar.com, promo code locked on. Give somebody with a package of built bars today. Yeah, all right. Well, in just a minute, we're actually going to be joined by Locked On Sooners host. John Williams, he's going to hop on here in a minute. But I'm going to go ahead and get my pick in before he jumps in. Uh, I'm going to go Texas. He's going to play Oklahoma next year. Uh, I'm going full homer. I'm going full homer. Uh, No, if I wanted to really, like, throw you off, I would have said Texas Tech. But they got Matt Wells as their head coach, so they're not doing anything ever. Uh, But, yeah, so I'm going to go with Texas. And and you're right. I don't trust Tom Herman, but for some reason – it seems like towards the end of the season, they're right there, you know, and, and they played, they had what, three losses this year by a combined 14 points. Yeah. Well, they never, figured out to give the ball to John Robinson, right? Like that, that seems yeah. to be the key uh, that unlocked it all. It's a good strategy. It's a good it strategy. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk here about some big 12 snubs. All big 12 team. First, first team quarterback was uh, a one Brock Purdy, and second was Sam Ellinger. Was do you all feel like somebody was missing? Are you referencing Jalen Daniels of Kansas? Absolutely. Is that what we're talking about here? I was, I'm more I, of a Miles Kendrick guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Kendrick. Can yeah. we nominate them both as as a tandem? No, um, Spencer Rattler missing. Yeah, like. Brock Purdy's end run was really good, and so was Spencer Rattler's. And I understand – I mean, Rattler missing from the list is bad, right? That is just – Where would you put it? I'd I'd put him second because I think – I think Iowa State's play down the backstretch, especially on offense when they were hammering teams, I think the Kansas State and West Virginia wins are the ones that come most to the forefront. And also that last drive against, I mean, the last drive against Texas too, like they were all over him. I, I think his his play had a lot to do with that. Um, Rattler's team, this is not, I mean, not something I fully subscribe to, but also they did get better when they got a running back and a defensive lineman who are two of their most important players back on the team. So I think that, and, and you could argue that's when the season turned. But I think Brock Purdy for that back stretch. I'd give him one. I put Rattler too, like 
just behind him. And, and there is a case for Rattler. Okay. Uh, Steven, what do you think? How do you rank the top two quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, I think Josh is right. I'd probably put Rattler too. You know, they're both inconsistent, but um, – and I'm talking about Purdy and Rattler, that is. Um, but, yeah, I feel like you have to have Rattler on the list. Uh, he's just – he was so great down the stretch, and that offense was completely different. That's probably how I'd, I'd rank those two guys. I don't even have Brock in my top two. You hate okay. him so much. Your, I, your Twitter is just like a lot of – it's just – it's just Brock Purdy slander is what it is. It is Brock Purdy slander because I think he's a good quarterback. That's I think he's good. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I had Spencer Rattler as QB1 in my all Big 12 picks. I had Sam number two because I thought they were the two best quarterbacks this year. And, yes, that sounds like a homer. But the fact is I think Sam is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I think Brock has better coaching, and that is why he – Played better, but who do I do I think Brock is a, a better NFL prospect? Absolutely, I think Sam is a really good college quarterback because of his ability to run and throw. Uh, he's not the greatest thrower, uh, but I will say that's that's where I have him. I mean, it's based on what you did on the field, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that I'm 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 arguing the opposite of what I'd argue in the Heisman race. I think Kyle Trask should be up there one or two. Um, I like, but a lot of people, you know, you watch Trevor Lawrence play one game yesterday and people are like, it's best player in college football. Right. And Spencer Rattler or, you know, Sam Ellinger rather is a great college quarterback, but sometimes you watch him and you say, well, other guys are more talented or better. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's totally a fair argument, totally a fair argument with having him on the list. Uh, I, I did find it interesting that there were a lot of Sooners upset, uh, with the fact that they weren't on first team defense. Did any of them have an argument to be on the list? Steven, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll let you go first in this one. Sooners on first team defense? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Perkins only played like half the season. Nobody really comes to mind for me that was just like an, a super obvious snub. But I'll let you I'll let you jump in here, Josh. He'd be the one because the way he changed the defense. Like the defense looked like it looked different. I mean, other players played with more energy because he was there. Like there was more confidence in their ability to get after the quarterback to stop the run. We like you saw it yesterday that that the way they stopped the run against Iowa State the first time looked a lot different the way the second or the uh, the second time rather looked different than the first time. So he's the one I'd go to. Um, I'm trying to remember who else they wanted on this defense, Uh, Patrick. If we could refresh my memory. Who else Sooners fan won? Uh, uh, probably Nick Benito. That is the other one I heard a bunch. I mean, I have no problem with him being on the list. Sure, if you want to make the, the homer, you know, OU fans want to make the homer case for it, that's fine. Yeah, I would. I uh, honestly <laughs> thought that they they had it pretty pretty good. I think because uh, let's let's just talk defensive ends real quick. Uh, when we're when we're talking about this, Joseph Asai was named first team Big Twelve. I don't think there was anybody. DeQuan Bailey probably were your two best defensive ends this year. Uh, you could probably make a case for the uh, the kid from Kansas State, and his name's like escaping me. Uh, uh, Wyatt Wyatt Hebert. Yeah. 
Oh, he was first team. He was first team. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. Uh, for some reason, when when I look at these, uh, when you look at the the all Big Twelve teams or all anything teams, they just put DL, 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 DL. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's just four defensive me, linemen. Yes. Give me defensive tackles. Give me two defensive tackles, two defensive ends. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Joseph aside for sure. And I know, you know, maybe Ronnie Perkins had more sacks than Joseph Asai, but uh, Joseph Asai is a guy who gives you relentless motor all of the time. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be on there. Like, uh, he he single-handedly won Texas' biggest game of the season, right? That game against Oklahoma State, he won that football game. Like, he was the best player on the field on a field full of guys who we believe are going to be talents at the next level. He stood out like nobody else did. Um, and, and that was an entire year too. And also playing through injury at times as well, Patrick, as you, as you know, very well, he did that sticking that out. So, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to say a defensive player of the year award, uh, on the, on the all first team defense, it goes to Joseph aside, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we've all, I think we, we agree with that a ton. Uh, we're, we're going to be joined now by John Williams of Locked On Sooners, and maybe he can he can help us out here with the uh, first team All Big Twelve snubs on defense. Uh, so we'll, we'll find out from from John here in just a second what he thinks about the All Big Twelve snubs on defense. Yeah, um, I think. You know, it's easy to say maybe Ronnie Perkins should have been a consideration, but considering he only played maybe half the season, I, I understand why he was left off the first team All Big 12. Uh, but you look at a guy like Isaiah Thomas, and you know, he's the one that I really felt like um, was the snub. I mean, he was what second in the Big 12 in sacks, uh, led the league in pressures according to Pro Football Focus, and so you know that to me that's the the really the big you know the big snub. If you're going to bring five. Uh, defensive lineman to the all big 12 team, then you got to consider that Isaiah Thomas is one of the best five in the big 12. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you're, you're dead on there. And I think we, we pretty much all kind of a, we're in agreement on, on who should be involved, who shouldn't be involved. Uh, and just cause you were a little later joining the podcast and the others, I want to know right now, cause I put them on the spot, John, who are your picks for the 2021 big 12 championship game? I know you got Oklahoma in there cause they make it every year. Who are, who are they playing next year? Oh man, that's a really interesting question because, you know, after Oklahoma, you know, the, the next few teams have a bit of turnover happening. You got Texas. that's going to have some quarterback turnover, maybe some head coaching turnover. Iowa state is going to lose their quarterback and have to kind of start all over again. We don't know if Matt or if uh, Matt Campbell will be back or if he'll, you know, chase a, a, a job somewhere else. Uh, you know, there are going to be some big time jobs coming available that might lure him away from Iowa State. We had an Iowa State guy on Locked On Sooners last week who seemed to think that Matt Campbell's there for the long haul, but you never know. Money, money changes people. They, they, it draws people away. So you never know. Can we, uh, hold, can we talk about this really fast as well? We're all here together. I talked to another Iowa State person too, and they seem to think he's staying. And I don't yeah. know what's happening here. I don't know what's wrong with these people look like this is this is this is the natural progression like it's not going to get better than this yeah he needs to move on it's time for him to move on this is amazing what he's built capitalize and go help somebody else who needs it badly sorry john no you're good i mean it's either he's either got to move on or he's going to be gary patterson you know and Mm. gary patterson's been great for tcu 
Uh, Mike Gundy's been great. Ouch, Stephen. Ouch, Stephen. Stephen's going to jump in real quick. But, uh, you know, Gary Patterson didn't strike while the iron was hot before they joined the Big 12. You know, he could have had a lot of big time jobs and he chose to stay at TCU. Now, you know, I give I love Gary Patterson. I think, you know, it's a credit to him that he's been so loyal to the program for so many years. And, you know, they've had some good seasons, decent seasons in the Big 12. Never know. They haven't been able to recreate what they were uh, in the Mountain West and the WAC. But uh, you know, yeah. So Matt Campbell is going to have to make a decision. Is he going to want to stay and continue to build a program at Iowa state? Or is he going to want to jump to uh, what could potentially be a, a big time job at say maybe a Michigan. Uh, but yeah, for, I don't know, man, for the, for the next team in the big 12 right now, Oklahoma state probably looks like the team that's going to have, you know, they'll have their quarterback back. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. That's a really, really tough question right now. There's, there's no telling what the league's going to look like in 2021 aside from Oklahoma. Now, you know, you listen to some of our Oklahoma guys talk, uh, Parker Thune over at uh, All Sooners, and now he's at 247 Sports. He seems to think that Caleb Williams is going to be the day one starter uh, for Oklahoma when they uh, break camp next fall. Whoa. Okay, well, that, that's really interesting. But on the Matt Campbell thing, I think he's got to decide, like, because here's the thing with Gary. And, yeah, John makes a good point. It hasn't been as consistent in the Big 12 but he has ultimate job security. Like yes. he's got a statue on campus. He doesn't have to go 10 and two or 11 and one every single year. And like, he just has all kinds of capital there. So he can still get what he wants and basically, you know, do what he wants and not be on the hot seat. So Matt just has to decide like, is that what I want? Do I want to be at this program where if I'm in championship contention, like once every three or four years, people are going to be over the moon and will love me or do I want to go where I could have a higher ceiling but if I flame out like I'm going to get fired quickly that was a locked on big 12 conference host edition round table I appreciate you listening this afternoon morning whenever it is I hope you and your family have a merry Christmas I will not have pods on Thursday or Friday but I'll be back with you Monday we'll get ready for that game against Arkansas and cover everything else in CCU athletics this is locked on horn frogs Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Merry Christmas, everyone.